Hello and welcome to the Trouble with the Snap podcast. I am Tyler Hayward. With me, Jeremy File, Jeremy, a resident Wolverine, and so we obviously have to have him on today. Big news coming out of the University of Michigan last week. We uh, didn't have time to cover it. Uh, We did multiple shows last week, so we were kind of wearing ourselves thin a little bit in that aspect. But, look, Eli Brooks coming back for a fifth season. He's getting ready to put up those Robbie Hummel numbers. And, uh, look, I think this is going to be a bigger deal than people realize for the Wolverines. Uh, I think so. I mean, I definitely – I'm not, like, overly excited. I mean, he's great. I mean, he's been great all year and was really good the year before. But I I think what we need to figure out mainly is he's one of those guys where – you know, it, it's – how do I say this as best as I can? He's one of those guys that – he's not a star, but it's really important to have him. You yeah. know, and we've seen this from Michigan State and Michigan over the years. There's just certain guys you really want back. I mean, they just do all these little things really well. Like, Matt McQuaid was huge for Michigan State a few years ago. Didn't really get a ton of, like, star power statements about him, but I don't think they make the run they make without him a couple of years ago. I mean, he was great in that last yeah. year. And, uh, you know, they're different players, but they're kind of not. You know, they're, they're both guards. You know, Eli's obviously a little smaller. But, like, I, I the main thing of all this kind, is this. we got to figure it out. To play a little bit of point guard, even though they should be a pure two. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's like a, you know, a, a little bit of uh, Travis Walton with better offense. <laughs> That'd probably be a better uh, way to describe it. You know, where you better know, offense works defense. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just he's very important. Uh, it yeah. was huge this year. Without him on the floor, they struggled. Um, and I think it's going to come down to, though, who's going to be the point guard next year because Frankie Collins will be a freshman. Zeb Jackson did play a little bit of spot minutes this year. Do they want to go transfer portal still with Mike Smith not being back? Or do they say, you know what, we feel really confident with the freshman and we know Zeb's seen enough time? Because I do think Zeb Jackson showed some really good flashes at time, but we didn't. we don't have enough proof. Um, so that will be interesting, Tyler. The bigger thing is not Eli coming back. Who's going to be the point guard next year to start the year? Well, yeah, and that's kind of where I think, you know, look, this could be a Michigan State-ish type situation uh, in regard to, you know, looking at what Michigan State did this year with the point guard spot, other than completely butcher it. But, you know, the Rocket Watts is a two. He's proved that over and over again. He should be a one. He's got the ability to play it. Um, and I don't know if necessarily that ability is the same in an Eli Brooks, but can Eli Brooks kind of make the transition smoother for the Wolverines? And that's why I think it's such a big deal is because, you know, he might be playing a little more point than he's used to. Um, you know, I think ultimately, I mean, you talked about it. Collins should be able to come in and be fine. But is a guy like that needed to smooth the transition? Because, look, everyone thought Hogarth was going to be fine. And, well, he had his moments. And he uh, big boy Deo Desumu a couple of times and stuff like that. Like, he was not consistent enough, even though he was a highly talented point. No, absolutely. I think the big thing that if you notice with this year, though, Mike Smith and Eli Brooks were almost like 
combos together where it was very normal to give the ball to Eli on the break quickly. And Eli was able to really uh, move the ball fast. Those two yeah. worked well together. So you're kind of hoping the same will happen with Zeb Jackson or Frankie Collins at point. Um, I don't think that they'll get another point guard, to be honest. I think they're happy with Frankie Collins. They really like him. He's super athletic for his size. I think they really like Zeb Jackson because I do think he will be good. I think they also want um, a, another big. You know, they want bigs. I mean, this team is is known with Juwan Howard now. They, they like a couple bigs. I think that they may try to get a big in the transfer portal. They may try to get another athletic forward like Shade Brown. Um, I, I think that's what you'll see if they do go portal. I think at the guard position, I think they'll be okay. I mean, I don't think they're blowing anybody away with that roster with those three guards. But I also think that, you know, the, the way they run that offense, and if Hunter, especially if he's back, I, I don't really think it matters, you know, if Frankie's the point at times, if Eli is, if Zeb brings it up. I think those three will actually kind of all play well together, um, and, and they'll be both of them. I, I do think you'll see Eli with one of those guards on the floor at all times. It's a small lineup with the guards, but they go big in the front court. That's exactly what they did this year. So I think they'll do the same next year. Um, I, I really see a lot of opportunity to go transfer portal with bigs again. I mean, I, I think you have to because Hunter's going to be gone for sure the next year. So I think yeah. that's the route they got to take. I love the fact Eli comes back because he just got to have some experience in the backcourt. I mean, Michigan State proved it this year how tough that was not having an experienced lead guard. And even if Eli Brooks has to be the point guard, this is his fifth year. He's got experience. He has ran that position. So, yeah, that, that's really good. And you got let, let's just be honest here. I did not mention one thing about the, any of the other freshmen besides Collins. I mean, they are absolutely loaded with that class. So as far as wings and guards and really everything, they kind of have enough pieces. But I just think they do need to hit the portal for at least one more guy. Yeah, here, here's the thing. you, you got to have that experience. And Look, right now, Jackson does not have it. Right now, Collins does not have it. They might both be stellar point guards, but we don't know that yet. You don't know how a guy's going to translate, you know. Sometimes a guy gets stuck in the wrong system, uh, Some, and that's, I think, what you're seeing a lot of in the transfer portal. Um, sometimes you get these guys who, yeah, they're highly touted, but they just don't necessarily pan out. Now it's a lot more rare to see it in basketball than it is in football. Basketball is just easier to tell because it's athleticism. You know, you can tell if the kid's athletic enough, mm -hmm. um, you know, and look, foster lawyer, you know, I know that that's going to be a name that's brought up when you talk about not athletic kids, but everybody knew he was going to be a career backup. Yeah. There, there wasn't, I mean, maybe as a senior, he would be, it would be a tum-tum starting over Cassius type situation where Cassius took a little bit of time to develop before he was actually good because people forget he sucked as a freshman. Yeah. Um, and so it's one of those types of situations where, you know, you're not always going to, you know, whiff. You're, you're not going to whiff in basketball more often than not as long as you get a guy who's athletic enough. You know, Rocket is a special situation because he's a two. And, you know, you ask him to play point in – you know, like I said, he should have been able to. He just wasn't. Um, 
And so you sometimes get those guys who maybe they're mental midgets like that, but it's a lot harder to whiff in basketball. And so I think Michigan's going to be fine at the point guard spot with Jackson and Collins. It's just, it helps to have that experience and to know what you're getting. Yeah. I I think the big thing with that offense again, and especially if Hunter's coming back, which everybody says he is, I don't think it okay, matters. Who, who's saying this? Because I have not heard, I've not heard anything about Hunter. Yeah, I mean, I don't think like honestly, I think it's just because of the the uncertainty of all these guys, whether they transfer or they go early. I mean, I just my concern for Michigan is is that is he has to come back. I mean, I. I think when he comes back, that changes your point guard position because they're going to give him the ball. I mean, they're going to dump it into him. I think his main thing is if he can develop a, a more of an outside shot, if he can be able to hit a uh, 18-footer or even hit a three like Teske did, that really opens up this offense, and it doesn't matter who brings it up. Um, I think the one thing with, with Collins, Frankie Collins is such a good driver. He, he's not like Mike Smith, who Mike Smith is more of a – game manager Collins wants to get to the rim and, and be explosive he's an undersized you know well really just a little smaller than Derrick Rose but kind of the same almost leaping ability the kid can jump out of the gym um, he's not the same great player that Derrick Rose was coming out but he has the same type of explosion like he can really get to the rim fast so that's going to be interesting to see if they say okay we trust him to be that guy. Then we can play Zeb Jackson off the bench, or maybe we start Zeb and see if he's really ready. I mean, I think they're going to be fine at point guard. I just yeah. think my big concern is really what Hunter does. I just think that he has to develop more of an outside shot. Um, they, they're going to double him a lot. If they do well, double, it's great. To deal. It'd be nice if he could go over his other shoulder too. Yeah, I mean, he's young, and there's so many things that he could get better at, and he was still very – very, very good, but I think people yeah. know who he is now, and they're gonna, they know how he plays. They know he wants to bury inside, and they're gonna double him even more. And what, what a great guy to come back like Eli Brooks, because when you double and he's open, he's a good shooter. So, um, as far as next year, I'm, I'm really excited still with the team. I think oh, Eli yeah. Brooks makes me more at ease. Um, I think they are a lot, you know, they're gonna be very young though, so I think you're gonna see a lot of little things where they make mistakes that you didn't see this year. Um, but I think they have the ability to be much more athletic than they were this year. So, um, and, and look, my all-time favorite Michigan Wolverine of all time, Brandon Johns, is back. So, um, you know, there, there's a lot of optimism here with this team, though. And uh, the the I just think they had to have at least one guy come back. But it sure would be nice to have had Sean D. Brown back. I mean, it was, <laughs> I, I, Mike Smith is is as great as Mike Smith was this year at times. Um, you know, I think that you got to have a point guard that can make plays. And, and I think he was just not quite there. I mean, Tiger Campbell outplayed him in the Elite Eight game. Mm-hmm. And Rocket Watts completely outplayed Tiger Campbell. I mean, completely outplayed him. And Rocket Watts completely dominated the second meeting between Michigan and Michigan State, if we want to be quite frank here. Yeah. Um, so I'll be honest, I, I, I'm really excited to see who will be the point guard next year? Like, I want to see Zeb Jackson really become as good as I think he can be. Um, and I really want to see if Frankie Collins can be mature enough right away. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a different type of team next year for sure, Tyler. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how it plays out. You know, that uncertainty at that one spot is the one place where you don't 
wanted, you know. And I mean, that was a big, big concern for Michigan State fans actually entering the season who, you know, sat there and didn't think Rocket would be able to play it. And, you know, congratulations to them. I, they were right. I thought Michigan State was going to be fine with that. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. Watts not being able to play that position just completely screwed Michigan State. I didn't care which big you threw in there, if it was Bingham, if it was Marble, um, even if it was, you know, the newest member of Valparaiso, Thomas Kith here. Yeah. You know, I didn't care what big you threw as long as Rocket could play the point and Rocket couldn't do it. And that was what cost Michigan State the season. And so, and, you know, I say it like it's a bad thing. You know, they still made the tournament, but it was uh, in lost to a Final Four team, albeit, but. It's yeah. a uh, situation where that's the one spot that you need, you know, and if that's anything that Tom is was proved over the course of his tenure is you need that point guard position set. And so it's going to be interesting to see where not to talk too much about Michigan state, cause it is a Michigan show, but that's what I do. And when we have Michigan state center shows, you know, you bring it back a little bit to liken it because look, both fan bases listen to our stuff. And so we're relating it to, 100% of our view- listeners, but uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how, how Michigan plays that position, and I think Eli Brooks at least gives you the stability there to play it, because he has more experience playing point guard than what Rocket had coming into this season, because you could play Cassius Winston 40 minutes a game last year, and so I think that that helps. I don't think that Having a good point guard is not going to be a problem. The problem is, is no. trying to put the rotation together, which, you know, every coach will eventually figure that out. You know, even if it takes them a little bit of the season, it's not that big of a deal. So I, it's just going to be interesting to see how it plays out, not if it's successful. I think it's chemistry. I mean, I think that's the big thing. I, I don't think Mike Smith blew us away by any stretch of the imagination, unless right. we're talking about the Maryland Big, Big Ten tournament game. That was shocking. Like, he really amazing. dominated that game. Yeah, I mean, he was unbelievable. I, I think the guys they have in Collins and Zeb, I don't think Zeb can take the game over like that, but I do think Frankie right. Collins could possibly. Like, I don't know if he will, but I think there's a possibility with his athleticism and his ability to make plays. He could do that, maybe. Um, the one thing I want to point out with Eli Brooks is Mike Smith was was terrible in the Elite Eight game. He just did not play well. Um, and Eli Brooks ran the point a lot of times and, and kind of ran the show when they were making a little bit of a comeback because UCLA was kind of extending the lead. There was times this year when Eli was the point and they had Mike Smith out of the game. So I think that they'll be fine on that end. Um, and then they can go bigger. Then they could go Eli at one and then they have bigger, you know, a bigger guard next to him. Um, you know, whether it's one of the younger kids or whether that's, uh, you know, I mean, I know Brandon Johns isn't a, a guard, but, you know, you can go Eli Brooks. Um, you know, you can have Hunter inside. You can have, um, you know, Diabate in there because he's kind of a stretch four. And, and then you could, you know, place one of the other kids, you know, I always have a hard time saying his name and I'm just not even going to say it. One of the younger wings with Brandon Johns out there, too. That You have a huge lineup with Eli Brooks. So, you know, we'll get more into those young kids going into next year because I don't really want to, you know, pass too much judgment. I haven't seen enough. I think yeah. we find out real quick early on in the year just how ready some of these freshmen are. 
and uh, we'll know more about that. But again, a huge signing, re-signing with Michigan, I should say, with Eli Brooks. And uh, it's just such positivity because when we get into football, it's just a nightmare with Michigan right now because I have no idea what to think. I mean, I, I'm just like, Tyler, I go back and forth, and I'm just so confused with this. Let's not show the game, but then let's have our quarterback coach say our quarterback's going to be a 10-year pro. Like, if, if we're trying to hide ourselves, we really did a bad job because, you know, that's been the big talk in the local radio heads with it. Like, what are you doing? I mean, I listen to Rico and Valenia and those guys, and I got to agree with them on that. Like, what are you doing? It's so easy for us to hate you when you do that. And Michigan basketball just does it the right way compared to football. I mean, they, guys come back. They get good players to come in who want to be there. And football, I just, good Lord, I don't know what to think. Yeah, and, I mean, it's really hard to tell when you don't televise your – like, even televise your spring game, you know. It's really difficult – um, I know you were talking about Ohio State all weekend. Um, just so excited for that potential beatdown again. And, oh, yeah, uh, very. So, I mean, they televised it. You kind of know what you're going to get. Um, Michigan State televises theirs this weekend, and that's what we'll be talking about next Monday yeah. here on the show. Um, but that does it for us today on the Trouble with the Snap podcast, unless Jeremy has anything he would like to add. Yeah. Yeah, if you don't mind, I just want to touch on football real quick. Um, I, I just think we've talked a lot about both teams, and this won't be too long, but I think it's important for us to end on this. Um, I, I do think there is a little excitement with Michigan State right now. I think there's a little bit of um, of uh, an energy there where I think that people are excited about this team this year. I think that um, there's some guys that they're really looking forward to seeing, and I think that there's some positivity moving forward. And I think the one thing that – I know we get pretty hard on Michigan State as far as, like, we were disappointed last year. But I will say this. I think their attitude has actually been really good. It's and been I think relentless. there will be some things that – It's been relentless. <laughs> I mean, well, look, I mean, you got to be honest. Like, they, they're trying to – at least when you can have culture with excitement. That's a good thing, though. That's not a bad thing. It just doesn't work if you lose games. You know, like, Rich Rodriguez was exciting, too. We never won, though. Uh, Brady Hoke said, this is Michigan, and we never won anything really besides the first year. But with with Michigan, like, this is just so odd, Tyler. I wanted to mention this before we go. So Jim Harbaugh comes in, and the main thing was what? To, to get people excited, like, honestly about Michigan football, right? Like, this is how it's going to be. Now we're going to be better. We won 10 games, right? We got the rap video with Jim in the middle of the field. We got nonstop Twitter talk. And, you know, they got away from that this year, right? Which I was excited about. Like, I was super excited because I thought, let's just not say anything because we are going to get kicked in the teeth. Let's, yeah, I actually agreed with the not promoting the spring thing, right? But the Michigan people <laughs> continue to blow it like like John Jansen love John Jansen one of my one of my favorite players in Michigan great offensive tackle won a national championship in Michigan but when Mark D'Antonio says things it's it's the program it's the culture this is what he means so so John Jansen has the podcast Tyler right and he gets Weiss the quarterback coach in for Michigan and everybody knows what he said because it's blasted all over Michigan news to try to hype up Mm -hmm. the fan base and Michigan State people love it because it makes you hate us more, which you should. And he said, a guy who's barely played 
any I mean he's played one full game pretty much Tyler and played a lot against Penn State but got knocked out of the game and this is Cade McNamara we're talking about the starting quarterback already by the way I guess and this goes back to what I said last week you are blowing it when you pump up a kid and you say he's a 10-year pro when he hasn't proven himself number one and number two you have a five-star quarterback that you signed who could have went anywhere else. What are you doing? And if I'm Jim Harbaugh, I'm firing that dude today. Like, dude, you're kind of going against the, the, the program here, man. We didn't want to televise. We wanted to be under the radar. And you just said our starting quarterback. And you said he was our starting quarterback. And you also said he was going to be a 10-year NFL player. I'm very confused on did you read what we said we were going to do here? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, Tyler. Like, this is, the most, this is the most bipolar thing I've ever witnessed or read or listened to. Like, I love the no spring game. Let's just get away from everybody. We stink. Let's just stay away. And maybe we shock some people. The underdog thing. But no, we got a new coach who's never coached quarterbacks. Say we have a quarterback who's barely played is going to be a 10-year pro. I just – I don't get it. And I just – this is where this program's going to be, Tyler, with Jim Harbaugh. It's going to be ran this way. Oh, well, you. it's, it's already be. been like communication or whatever, or the lack thereof. It, it's something that was kind of noticeable from day one. And, you know, that's how it stayed. That's how – it folded out, and, I mean, but that's also something that you would have had to expect, too. Because, look, Jim Harbaugh's not a coach. You know, you can sit there and you can point to the success. Yeah, that's fine. The guy played quarterback in the NFL. He can't develop anybody. You can say what you want about Andrew Luck. The guy was baptized as John Elway, you know, before he even got to Stanford. You know, he's one of those Anthony Davis type guys. Oh, well, John Calipari put him in the league. Did he? The guy was going pro regardless. You know, it'd be no different than Tom Izzo getting Miles Bridges or anything like that. You know, it, Andrew Luck was the guy who was going to the league. Jim Harbaugh can't develop anybody. He hasn't been able to, you know, he's recruiting kids who show talent. Yes, players develop, but the guy was brought in to develop quarterbacks too. And he's just hasn't done it. And now you have miscommunication with the guy who's coaching the position that you've played that you were supposed to be able to develop it's a bad look it really is but at the same time oh, it looks horrible yeah but at the same time this is something that terrible. this is something that we should have been expecting too because it's jim harbaugh and that's just the way he operates he operates on a different wavelength than any, everybody else and so, well think about this let me say this is the last thing let me end this real quick because i think this is why it's so weird What's one thing that Jim Harbaugh has not done consistently throughout his tenure besides not beating Ohio State? He doesn't mention the starters very early. He actually hangs it on too long because we're all like, who the hell is going to be the starting quarterback? I mean, they, they're not mentioning Shea Patterson yet, right? They're, we don't even know if Wilton you know, is going to be the guy. Remember, O'Court's coming in. He might be the next quarterback. That was the thing that Jim always did was it was competition, right? Competition, which I actually was like, okay, that's who he is. That's okay. That that drives the engine. Well, you know, the only thing I can think of is maybe Jim, you know, said, hey, Matt, 
why don't you really throw a wrench in there and throw a curveball? Because we've done the same crap every year. Not much starter. Just mention he's a starter, and maybe it will get JJ fired up. I mean, what are we doing? Well, this I don't is the same it. situation like, that you- we've run into with Michigan State, and something we'll talk about next week. You know, after we see the spring game, is you know you're bringing in Russo and Peyton Thorn proved to be a pretty solid player, and so you know it's the same type of situation. If anyone's going to talk about who the starter is, it's Michigan State. Like, they should be like, Peyton Thorne's our guy, and then until someone can take his spot, you know, we'll have that conversation. Well, Michigan does that with a guy that's barely played and, you know, who was really the third option until McCaffrey left and Joe Milton stunk. So it's like, how could you say these things? It's like, I don't know, man. I mean, both programs are throwing me for a loop here. But Michigan State, I will say, I, I kind of like what they're doing. I think there's some excitement there, and I guess we'll wait and see. But I'm excited for the spring game. We actually get yeah, to watch it. So we'll we'll talk nice. about that next Monday. But that does it for us here on the Trouble with the Snap Podcast. For Jeremy File, I'm Tyler Hayward.